Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. Be clever, amusing, never heard of those things. Oh god, you're putting me on Tony. Oh my god, the pressure. The minecart positioned right below your skull. And Jonathan. That ought to be good enough. That that's four seconds of a fun talk, so cool. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. Welcome back to the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. How are you folks doing, Tony Roland? It's just us for the first time, it seems, in a while. Yeah, I'm doing great. How are, how are your various Fortry going? Do we, do we call them? Do we say Fortry? That- Fortry? Fortresses? I guess fortresses. we can Fortresses. I think Fortresses is the right... Is the I, right I, I uh, think so, too, yeah. 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 All right, all right. Yeah, I think so. Quite Mine are going all right. It's... Not a whole lot of uh, interesting progress. I have been off-grid for a significant portion of the last couple weeks, which is, was absolutely wonderful. Went hiking. If anyone has a chance to uh, to visit the Buffalo National River in, uh, in Arkansas, I highly recommend it. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. And I actually took a picture of myself standing on a rock, or actually had my wife do it, with my hands on my hips and my Dwarf Fortress t-shirt that <laughs> says Strike the Earth. But unfortunately, I was so far away, and the camera didn't catch the resolution enough, so you can't actually read the shirt or make out my face. So, Oh, man, you're going to have to go on vacation again. I know. <laughs> I know. Absolutely, I will. I'll okay. have to wear that T-shirt again, too. Yeah. Uh, that's super. That That's really good. I'm glad that you managed that. Yeah, I have, I have not done anything exciting like that, and I don't have a Dwarf Fortress T-shirt, so maybe... It's not official. Well, I don't think he makes official ones, does he? I think they were talking about they're going to. Yeah, no, there are now official T-shirts with the Steam release. Yeah, okay, I got to get one. Yeah, got to get one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. It's funny stay. I don't know if it'll have the same charm as the smiley face that just says "Strike the Earth." It's the more graphical thing. now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it actually probably says "Dwarf Fortress." I believe so. Yeah, you know that's a that's a great thing when you're trying to promote something to put the name of the thing that you want to promote on the thing that you're promoting it with. So I'm, I'm for that. I think that's a great idea. I bet you learned that in a marketing class. Somewhere, uh, I done picked it up on the back of a McDonald's napkin. Yeah. So scholar forts, that's what I've been working on. One of those things. And I have found some interesting stuff. What exactly does that mean? I, I saw you talking about that in chat. What, what the heck does that even mean? Well, for me, I suspect like all of these things, it has a different and special meaning for everyone. Um, (laughs) But for me, it's basically I try to design a fort around making books and trying to get the dwarves to write things and publish as many books as possible. And then that brings in lots of scholars, which then, you know, has that effect of you get these weird science guys and people like astronomy and they start writing weird books and then all sorts of hijinks happen. That's what I've done. The one that I was working on, I built it outside with a clear glass roof and, you know, all of those goo as, as one would need. I, I hit FPS problems at like 300 dwarves and I Whoa. was not enjoying it as much. So 300. Uh, I was like, <laughs> yes, it was like, it's so many more than I've had before. I guess so. But yeah, I was like near 300 and yeah, it was down to like 20 frames per second. So pretty crappy. Um, so I retired it and came back and it's still the capital. Uh, but now it's like 80 people and I don't know where everyone went, but the king and the queen are still there. So a whole slew of barons. Who knows, man? These crazy guys. I find it amusing that you say that 20 frames per second is unbearable because that was my cruising speed before before premium came out. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience for it. I, I actually have a funny story because, okay, first of all, I also started a Scholar Fortress. I saw you talking about it in the chat. I was like, you know what? Sounds fun. I am not playing with 300 dwarfs. Like... Oh, no. no, thanks. I'm having 70 people, and I like them very much. And, the, and now, there are several problems. My first problem is trees are growing too fast. 
There are too many oh. trees on my map. Hmm. Hmm. And I embarked in like a dual biome, so uh, one half of my map is a different biome than the the other half. One of them does not have trees, the other has trees. And when I started to build the fortress, both sides had basically no trees at all. I saw like four. I had trouble actually getting wood for the first beds. And now, when you look at my map, one part... The, the, sadly, the part where part of my fortress is in is so full of trees, you can consider it a rainforest. The other is completely free of trees. And my my caverns are also showing increased amounts of, of, of like growing speed um, to the point where I had to make a cavern quantum dump system so that I can cut trees and quickly make my dwarves chuck the wood out of the cavern so I can lock it up again, so I don't have to have the caverns open all the time. Most curiously, in the fortress I had before that, I felt no difference between, like, FPS in the caverns, FPS uh, in my fortress, FPS on the outside. But now I have actually a layer where my computer slogs down and loses 20 FPS, but only in two layers. If I go below that layer, it's fine. If I go up, it's fine. But the two cavern layers I'm actually trying to live in, I get 19 FPS, and I do not know why. That's really weird. So regarding the, uh, the, the trees... Do you do you know what kind of trees those are that that are growing fast? Is it softwoods by chance? Um, I can see fungi woods growing fast. Mm. Um, I wonder if they differentiate the grow rates between you know like oak trees and maple trees. They grow pretty slow. But oh, if you talk about a cedar yeah. or a pine tree, those those softwoods grow really fast. Oh yeah, what style? What's the what's the kind of tree? Like rambutan or. You might be onto something because I have a lot of soft trees. It's mostly palms, like uh, date palms mm. and uh, bitter lemons and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do have black caps in my second cavern layer that I'm living in. And is, as far as I'm aware, uh, they're not bad. Like fungi wood, I don't have too much fungi wood. I don't have too much um, eh, the white uh, tower cap. Uh, I have a lot of goblin, goblin cap. Hang on. Is that a dense wood? I wouldn't think so. I would think all of those are, are different types of mushrooms, aren't they? Yeah. Anything that has cap on it, I think of as being a mushroom. That's mm. true, true. But um, nether caps and blood thorns grow really slowly. I punched into that layer and there's not a lot of growing going on in that layer but what's a bloodthorn <laughs> it's Is um it wood? yeah yeah it's it's in the third cavern layer it's red wood like yeah, blood red you could check for that but yeah i think you might be onto something maybe he tweaked the speed at which different densities of wood grow because i don't remember Palms growing that fast. We, we are up to the point where I had to cut the map clean of wood, like the outer map clean of wood two times in 20 years. And I can show you a screenshot on how thickly this is, is like grown into again as a forest. Thanks. And I feel like that's chogging a lot of my FPS. Oh, that that does sound like it. I wonder if you, I, I wonder if that's just a species of tree thing, or if it's a. So, according to Dungeons and Dragons, I kind of looked it up here. <laughs> Sounds the, like a good thing uh, to look at. Yeah, well, the bloodthorn is a tough, wiry plant that grows in briar-like patches that has uh, reddish berries, and um, yeah, it looks like it's kind of like a vine of some sort, like a big vine. But that is D&D's version. That does not necessarily hold true to Dwarf Fortress's version. 
I'm sure. <laughs> and we got I think we're going to have to start generalizing now whenever we say, I wonder if he tweaked it. I don't think that that's necessarily true anymore. Now we got to say, right. I wonder if they tweaked it. Mm, because it's, it's because we got more than just Tarn with their fingers in the code now. It's a true story. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Interesting hey. times. Are you ready for a night of entertainment in Control Relics? Join the throng at Brendan Poole's The Barry of Bridging, the city's newest tavern. With a 110 square tile dance floor, you can dance the night away to your favorite tunes. And don't miss out on a limited engagement from the renowned author Zutton Ace Banners, as he reads his story of the foundation of Autumnbirth. Plus, you won't have to venture far to find us, we're conveniently located on the first level of the fortress. Come join Brendan Poole at the Barry of Bridging for a night you won't forget. I found an interesting thing here. I retired a fort and then and then have come back to unretire it. But I found that a lot of my dwarves are traveling, which that's great. It's good to get out. But um, <laughs> when somebody's traveling, like if you're a broker or your bookkeeper or your manager are traveling, you can't replace them. Oh, so you're screwed. <laughs> so this fort is doomed because <laughs> I have yet to figure out how to untravel them and I found a few weird things with squads and military so one thing that I found is if you have and this may be common knowledge to a lot of our listeners I don't know or if this is idiosyncratic to the new version whatever um, if you have a squad and you send it out on a raid of something and one of the members or more aren't ready to go or can't go because they have a broken leg or they're bedridden or whatever the rest of the squad will leave but never come back and so they will they will perpetually be gone. That sounds like a bug. Yeah, I think it probably is. So the way I've found you can get rid of it is to kick the guy out that's not traveling or replace him with somebody who can travel. And that might usually get the last straggler to get out there. Otherwise, I've, I've gotten through it by disbanding the whole squad. And then everyone just magically reappears. Sometimes they don't. But but oftentimes I think you can get them back like that. Anyway, it's just a very strange foible. So like, you know, if you have a bunch of injured dwarves, which is why I abandoned this fortress in the first place, is like, am I providing a hospice here? Like, what am I doing? Um, like, <laughs> when I don't you say kick them out, do you mean uh, expel them from the fortress or just kick them out of the squad? Either one. So you can kick them out of the squad, but then, you know, Maybe you still have a disabled dwarf that you might not want to care for. I'm not advocating for you, you know, for like euthanasia or anything. Maybe I am. I don't know. Um, But you know, it's like, what do you do? And and I guess that leads me to my next question, which was: this fort ended up with so many, like 300 people. There were a lot of, you know, if like one in five were broken down, like you're stuck with a lot of dead weight. What do you do with them? So that was my other thing is like, I I wasn't really sure. So I just abandoned the fort. (laughs) Questions and comments raised by the guests of the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Dwarf (laughs) Fortress Roundtable podcast. (laughs) It's a game. I'm not uh, advocating going down to the nursing home and unplugging Gran. I'm just saying. You're saying that now? (laughs) In the game, oh, it it would be really <laughs> neat if there were like a retirement community you could send your dwarves to. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that yeah, that uh, that having a party leave and not come back has got to be a bug. And it seems like if you retire a fortress and then unretire it, if you're not going to be able to replace a particular noble in the fortress, if they are, if they are out of town, they should at least clear the nobles out of the fortress for whenever you come back in and, and uh, unretire the fortress that there are no nobles at all, because that, that seems like it might be a, uh, something to be addressed at a future time. Yeah. I think this is a, uh, I think this particular one where your, your nobles are traveling, your, people are traveling i think that i think this could be a game breaker um i don't know that there's any way to 
get them back except maybe just wait and hope that they come back but like a lot of these are like squads of one dwarf who is traveling and i suspect will never return so and you can't disband the squads either so it's a bit of a bit of a pickle a bit of a pickle we find ourselves in here we'll not let you disband those squads i definitely and, try to keep my nobles out of squads except for the the you know the military oh for sure dude. you know how it you know how it is when you abandon a fort anything can happen yeah, so I rarely unabandoned them. Go ahead, go ahead, Roland. I I only did it a few times because I like them running in the background. But every time I did it, uh, all my stockpiles are now empty, and everything that used to be in the stockpile is now all over the map, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the whole map is just cluttered with stuff. I don't. I'm not sure if that still happens in, in the Steam version because I have yet to do that in the Steam version, but. Before the Steam version, it happened to me a few times, and I was like, why, why, why is this happening? And then I had to spend, I don't know, quite a long while for my dwarves to just collect this stuff and bring it back into the stockpile. Who, who Did you have, have to like, unforbid it? Hmm? Did you have to unforbid the stuff? No, no, they instantly went to it and, and did it, and it was weird. At least it's that. Yeah, I've not had a good experience with unfor- with um, unretiring fortresses either, so I, I I don't even think that I've tried it with the uh, with the the version fifty, but in previous versions, yeah, it never worked out well, so I just pretty much stopped trying. I've had when good- I retire a fortress, I consider it done. Yeah, I've 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 done things like the I've done the retire and unretire a few times. I've just I've never had one where you come back to something that you you're screwed. Like there's nothing you can do. You can't have a manager. You can't count your, your goods. You're, you're just doomed to like playing the game without a manager. It's pretty tricky, pretty tricky to play this game without a manager. Nothing gets done. So yeah, that's a bummer, but um, maybe you can, I'm, I'm just going to play and see if I can save it somehow. Maybe they come back. What's that? Maybe they come back. Yeah, exactly. But you've got to keep the fort alive until then. (laughs) And you don't have any way to batch jobs up. (laughs) You're kind of doomed. I'll just put like (laughs) click on repeat and just let it go where it goes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Exactly. The old old school way of doing it. DF hack. I don't know. I stopped using DF hack as well. Didn't find I needed it. I'm not advanced enough, I guess. Well, I haven't used it at all. With the, the, I think that's a beta that's out right now for version fifty. Mm-hmm, I have not, I've not, I've not installed that. Have either of you installed that at all? Yep, I did. Yeah, I installed it, but didn't use it. Oh, um, I did actually use it. I did install it. You should check it out on both my YouTube channel and my my Twitch account because I did a small tutorial on how to oh. use it oh. and how to use QuickFort in a very simplistic way. Oh, QuickFort. Quick that would be good to use to learn that one. That sounds useful. That's the one for for blueprinting a, a dungeon, isn't it? I mean, a, not a dungeon. A, uh, a fortress, right? Yeah, it gives you, like, stamps. Don't make me carve out the... Yeah, it gives you stamps and you can go, like, bonk, 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 and then it's it all over the place. Yeah, for bedrooms, it's great. Mm, that would be amazing. And tombs would be cool, too. It can also, like, smooth the walls and actually put furniture in it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Was there one where you could use a, a, a Excel spreadsheet to load your fortress on? Like, export and import a fortress? Was that Quick Fort? Uh, Just, am, I, am I nuts? I... Have I... I have to admit that I only tried QuickFort once before the Steam version, and it was very confusing, so I stopped. But now it's all implemented in the very game. You don't have any extra additional things. Uh, you just open a window inside the actual game and type in what you want. Hmm. To try it again. QuickFort 2 is a utility for Dwarf Fortress that helps you build fortresses from a blueprint, CSV, XLS, or XLSX file. So that's uh, Joel PT. I don't know if he forked that from something else, but uh, it's uh, 
on uh, GitHub. So don't see when the last update was. Oh, oh, gee whiz. Just ignore this. This last update was in 2013, so never mind. Uh, that was a couple <laughs> years ago. That was a couple versions ago, too, yeah. Might not work. Yeah. I said I'm not feeling good about that one working. Got an email uh, a few weeks ago from a listener who's going by GRAD, who had some problems with the work orders. Uh, his work orders tended to be overproducing, uh, overproducing items. And I, I just basically wanted to shout out and say thanks for the, we, we corresponded a little bit, had some, uh, messages back and forth through, through the earnest at dfroundtable.com email address. And, uh, I, I did want to mention to everybody out there that whenever you are brewing drinks and you tell the work order that you want to brew, 10, 10 items. So like if, if we have our, our drinks drop below 30, then let's go ahead and brew 10 items. So whenever you brew those 10 items though, for each item that you're brewing, you get five units of alcohol. I think it's five. Is it five or is it 10? I think it's five. Anybody? Okay. I'll buy it. Sounds good. Um, yeah, okay. sure. sure. In any case, when you're overproducing like that, it may be that you're thinking that the what you're telling it to produce is the number of units of alcohol you want, but it's not. It's telling you the number of items that you want to brew. So let's say that you have fruit. So you go collect fruit, you come back, you brew with that fruit, and whenever you brew, you have created five units of alcohol out of that one fruit batch. Mm-hmm. So if you tell it that you're going to want it to brew 10 units of alcohol when you drop below 30, then when you drop below 30 units of alcohol, it's going to brew uh, 50 units for that 10. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're overproducing alcohol, that could be the reason because uh, so you might want to back off the amount that you're asking them to, uh, to brew on the automatic work order thing. Of course, what's that, uh, what's that uh, law that says if I said something wrong, someone on the internet will point it out really quick. That's Cunningham's law. Uh, Cunningham's law, yeah. So or that may it? fully apply here. <laughs> or, or is, is it? it? <laughs> Tune into the next episode to see if it is actually, actually Cunningham's law. Actually, that's a, a common misconception. People think of it as Cunningham's law, but that's the Mandela effect. Actually, it is the Howard effect, uh, the Howard's law, because it was named for Ronnie Howard, who played Richie Cunningham. Oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> I'm full of crap. I'm, I'm just BS and sorry. <laughs> But anyway, you, thanks a lot, G-Rad, for, for sending in the email. And if anybody else out there wants to send in an email to us to ask a question, we will certainly address it on the show. Urist at dfroundtable.com. U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. And if you missed that, you can catch it in the outro to the show. Outro. That's a fun word to yeah. say. So let's see. What else we got to chat about here? It looks like we are still at version... 50.07. I just opened up Dwarf Fortress and it did not update. So, nope. Has anybody heard anything about uh, what they're working on at the moment? Are they telling us still? Maybe. Are they still telling us? Yeah, we got it's uh, March 1st. Shouldn't, aren't we supposed to? Isn't there usually an update? Oh, yeah. Rest of the month. I didn't, it's, it's how we get sort of recording on March 1st. It's yeah. probably by the time someone hears this, won't be March 1st, but you know. Now, hopefully I'll be able to get this out Sunday or Monday uh, for everyone out there. We, uh, because of scheduling issues and I was out of town and I was like I said, off grid, we uh, didn't record at our normal time. Uh, nope. Looks like a uh, no fortress future of the fortress and no uh, uh, mm-hmm. dev notes yet. So, hmm. well, so you'll know before we do. Yep. We're, we're still in the, uh... Yeah, we're in that quantum state. The past. Yeah. The past. We are in the past right now. Okay. Well, I don't know that I have really much to talk about. <laughs> well, this would I be mean, a really know. short episode. <laughs> it could <laughs> which be. Which is it fine. Which is absolutely fine. Be. Yeah. But it, it could be. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. know. Uh, um, yeah, go for I, it. I, I hate to circle back to it, 
but I no, had to they're... just look up trees because I was getting insane over it. Um, okay, so, <laughs> right. Uh, from the time I'm... By the way, I'm literally reading from the wiki, so don't... It, this is not my opinion, this is the wiki's opinion. From the time a sapling appears, it takes about three years for a tree to grow. Okay. Mm. Trees make a growth check every once every year and then grow randomly. So it's possible for the tree to reach their maximum height faster or slower. And you thought about it being the density or like quote-unquote fast-growing trees. But if I look it up, one of the trees that I have a lot of is the date palm, and that has a mm. high density. It has a high wood density. It's actually number mm. one, two, but three, four, five, six. Is a date palm considered, is it considered a conifer? No, that's a palm. A date palm is a palm tree. Yep. Which is to say oh, very so different than a deciduous tree. It is. It is not deciduous, but it's not a. It's not a conifer, though, is it's it? Not a conifer. It no, no, it's a data fur. A data fur. <laughs> <laughs> a figgy fur. A data fur, I guess. Would be how a figgy fur. Yeah. I don't know what, what those. But around here, it's either a hardwood or a evergreen, and the evergreens tend to grow fast. Pines and cedars and things like that. Yeah, yeah. palm trees are really tend to grow really slowly. There, oh, it's not I? a yeah. It's not one that you you plant and hope for shade in a couple of years. I think they're they're known to be pretty slow growers. Interesting. Yeah, yep, that's the thing. So, and what version Roland was that covering uh, on the uh, the DF Wiki page? Uh, this is supposed to be for the newest version, but then again, they I feel like they just took a lot from the previous version and just copy pasted into the new one. So I'm not sure if. This the, this information that is here is genuinely all fully accurate for this current version. Um, because yeah. I feel like it's... Okay, I mean, I did play a good, like, 30 years in that fortress. I just let it run. It, let's not talk about how much time I wasted again. But um, I managed <laughs> to get 30 years into the fortress. Hmm. Was it 30? No, it's, it's around 23, I think. Um, yeah, it should be slightly above 20, actually. But the amount of trees is still insane. Or is it just my, my feeling for the time that I'm losing when I'm playing Dwarf Fortress that makes me feel like, oh, these trees are everywhere, even though they're just, you know, taking three years? Yeah, yeah maybe you're just... Maybe you're just uh seeing patterns where they aren't i i have to look into it i will actually now look into how fast these things grow and if one or the other tree is growing faster than the other it's not saying that in the raws that are posted here on the wiki but you know then again who knows also something that i did say and that this is again a jump by the way this is again a jump Okay. Something that I said in the Discord, which I found very funny. My scholar fortress called Priest Mines is currently being sieged by a goblin civilization called Hell of Books. <laughs> and I did not I did actually like plan that. Um, I didn't really do anything to the goblin so far. I was just trying to build it up and then at some point raid the goblin civilization. And they showed up on my turf before that. And I looked at their chest plate to find out what kind of... Because they have, like, uh, stuff uh, engraved on the chest plate. And that usually tells you where they came from. Uh, so I looked it up and I was like, hell of books on my scholar oh, fortress? is like I planned it. Delicious. That's brilliant. Love it. Love it. The hell of books goblin civilization must have heard about your scholar fortress and thought, hey, that's lots of books for us to go kill people and... And eat them and take them yeah. and read them and maybe learn the secrets of life and death from. I have not yet gotten any cool books like that, to be honest. I mostly made my my own books. And sometimes the humans come by and sell me the same book every time. But they don't tell me it's the same book because it, it just says like blah, 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 bound codex or blah, 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 scroll. 
and when it says the name, I'm like, yeah, okay, I have this like six times already. But if it doesn't say the name, I just buy it in the hopes it's something new. I later then inspect it. It's the same book again. Oh, man, it, it's a boring book, actually. It's not a great book. I read it. It's boring. I was really happy with a lot of the books that I had. Like, I, I ended up getting, they were, they went crazy writing. Like, my dudes in the Fortress with the Missing Dwarves, I mean, they did so much writing. It was, it was heartwarming. I mean, you had 300 people. Yeah. Yeah. Had. How do you even do that? Did you have to, the, the default is 200, right? For the they cap? kept, they kept coming. Like people just kept turning up because I had my, um, and I thought, I thought I would hit a cap. I didn't really understand what was happening. Uh, yeah, I, I was sure I would hit a cap, uh, and, and people just kept coming in. So like there would be more scholars coming and there would be people coming to entertain and there would be like, it, it was relentless. I mean, just, it was just constant. And then more migrants would come and like, once it became the capital, of the civilization, then everything just kind of went nuts. And then I, I did start some wars with the elves, which I think may have created refugee situations, but I don't know that. Yeah. I get a crap ton of entertainers. I don't know what's so entertaining about my tavern, but so apparently many. is the venue to play. So many. Um, what, what, what ages are you playing in right now? I've, uh, uh, my world is 102 years old. Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, my father for I made it ten years with it before I had the FPS problems, and now I've just been oh goofing to try to see if I can get. I misunderstood. I thought you were asking me how old the world was. No, 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 no. I, I was asking about the year of the the year in the game world. Oh, like oh yeah, um yeah. My fortress is only uh, two years old, so. The one I'm controller at Urlux now. Like I said, I've not progressed uh, very far because uh, one, I haven't played as much as I would have liked to in the last few weeks. And number two, I'm spending a lot more time actually looking over my dwarves. It's two years old, though, and I've got a population of 98, and a significant portion of that population is entertainers. Mm -hmm. I've got a goblin poet who's just hanging out in the in the uh, tavern. Tough. Right now he's listening. To I story. am jealous. I have, okay, hang on. I actually know all the entertainers because I have like eight and they keep coming back and they keep petitioning. And we have, um, what's his face? Uh, we have Kestri Open Leopard. Cool dude. I like him, but he's very clingy. Then we have a dwarf that usually comes with his two friends and they're like a party troupe, right? A performance troupe mm -hmm. is the word. Both of his friends are kind of unremarkable bards, but he is very interesting because his, I think his left hand, was it, is rotten and it stinks. Oh. And he is yeah. constantly annoyed that he is smelling miasma. And uh, I was like, okay, what, what is stinking up the place? And I, it, I found out it's his hand. His hand is just rotten, but he refuses to do anything about it. And it has been years since the first time I saw him. I saw him in the other fortress that is on the other like part of the world. But now he's here with me again, and he still has his rotten, stinking hand, and I'm not sure what's up with that. You hate to see it. Yeah, and he's called, like, Golden Champions? Room Champions. That's his last name. Room Champions, right. Weird dude. And he keeps showing up, and not petitioning anymore and just stinking up the place and then leaving again. But the coolest person, shout out, is uh, a man called DoorDash. Like DoorDash? DoorDash, yes. Like the food delivery yes, service? like the food delivery service. <laughs> and uh, when I found him in the other fortress, he came to me and I was like, <sighs> you know what? Your skills are terrible. You're a terrible bard. You do not even know how to say play a single instrument. But your name is funny. so. Oh, I'm going to have to protest about this. I'm going to have to make a big stink on the Bay 12 Games forums. we got product placement now. Door <laughs> product forwards. placement. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, that's tough. we got DoorDash, and then, you you know, next thing you know, you're going to have Instacart show up. 
Yeah, That's and uh, and now he's serving people uh, wine and food in my tavern, and I think that's very fitting. Also, he has become an amazing bard, and he usually plays the okra now. Yeah, the freaking caravan's going to have the Amazon Smile logo on it. <laughs> Just don't say one-click orders. Just don't do that. I know, right? get sued. We'll get sued. <laughs> We're going to sell you the caravan dot so that you can order your drinks anytime you want. Oh, yeah. Just, Just say... This segment of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable was brought to you by Bloodtoes, creator of a Masraluk Tustom author, belted hail the courtesies of erasing. This is a pecan wood figurine of Cybrek Wheelsbear. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. The item is a masterfully designed image of Cybrek Wheelsbear the dwarf and dwarves in pecan wood. Cybrek Wheelsbear is surrounded by the dwarves. The artwork relates to the ascension of the dwarf Cybrek Wheelsbear to the position of Queen of the Wealthy Rag in the year one. It is encrusted with cushion-cut milk quartzes, decorated with monkey leather and encircled with bands of cedar and buffalo bone. This object is adorned with hanging rings of shell opal and menaces with spikes of pecan wood, shell opal, milk quartz, and copper. Imazraluk Tustom author, belted hail the courtesies of erasing by blood toes. So, hey, uh, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. out of 98 of my people, out of 98 of my population in my fortress that is just over two years old, uh, I guess it's pushing three years old now, but 28 of my 98 are entertainers. Most of those yeah. are bards. A few of them are poets. Mm-hmm. I have one dancer, but 28 what? of my 98 are entertainers that are just hanging out, listening to stories and making people wonderful. Wait, are we talking about wow. citizens or... Other people. The population, whenever you look at the top of your screen, and the population and the happiness uh, uh, happiness numbers, those all include people who are uh, just want to come in and entertain people. So your population count includes uh, visitors mm. that have yeah, that have that have petitioned you. Yeah. Oh, you I, that, that okay. yeah, 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 yeah. They're not necessarily citizens. But they have petitioned you to come in for purposes of entertaining right, yeah, yeah, or monster yeah. hunting or militarying. And you have so many bars, huh? Yeah, 20, 28. Wow. Most of them are bards. A lot of them are dwarves. A uh, significant percentage is human. I have a goblin poet. So that's that's kind of interesting. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah. jealous. Two, yeah, two and a half, three years, and uh, and I've got all of this entertainment stuff. So maybe I should... I should be uh, marketing my fortress out as the, you know, the new Branson. <laughs> you could, yep. Get yourself a couple of um, Elvis impersonators and yeah. steel guitars, and you'll and you'll be off to the races. Yeah, that sounds amazing. One more question: How many of your people are good at dancing? I'm not talking about the bards that you actually now have petitioning to stay, but I'm talking about your citizens. How? Good are they at dancing, and how often do they do it? How can you tell how good they are? It's in the skills. They there is a dancer skill. Well, I mean, I mean, how can I? Is there a way for me to to in my list of of creatures where I'm looking at my citizens? Is there a way for me to say, okay, sort these by their skill at dancing? Ah, no, sadly, or do I have not. to just look at them individually. Yeah, you would have to look at them individually. So I don't have time to do that at the moment. <laughs> I've not okay. noticed them being p- particularly good, though. Yeah. Right now, I don't see anybody except for my dancer visitor. I don't see anybody who's currently dancing. Because in my last fortress, I was slightly obsessed with trying to get them to dance because I had a lot of musical instruments. And it was like, come on, you, you dance, please. I, I want to see a steam graphic dance please come on they didn't do it um they did it very rarely and very short and so i made a new fortress new civilization same world though and those people pretend to dance and it's weird because they do not move but it says (laughs) that they're dancing so it's just a really calm thing yeah, I, I maybe they're just dance. standing on a on the same spot and like moving their body. Who knows? But they are putting a weird figure of a nine that is like put on the side, 
So it's not even a distinct shape that they're doing, but they do the weird nine on the side every single time. And then it just says they're dancing and it's like 15 people at once. And then they're not moving for, I don't know, 10 seconds. And then they, I think I know what they might be happening here. So have you ever seen those documentaries about like Woodstock or Hey Ashbury, where you have people who are, uh, who are on psychedelics, who are, uh, standing there slowly raising their (laughs) arms, wiggling their fingers, look like trees blowing in the wind. So that, Maybe there's certain mushrooms that are growing in your caverns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, maybe these no. are those people. Yeah, psilocybin. He's kind of implemented dancing. that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe God. he's put that in there. Could be. Oh. Could be. To grow with your hemp in your. The queen has mandated <laughs> that hemp is now legal and all the dwarves come and suddenly food production is at an all time high because you can't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, export of hemp is uh, no longer legal in the fortress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you have to keep it. Yeah. Just for your dwarves. She's a very greedy she queen. Has... The queen has mandated oh, brownies. <laughs> I, was, I had a question I was going to ask and I forgot what it was. Oh. It was going to be a good one, too. It was going to be insightful. It was going to bring about world peace. <laughs> world peace, even. I'm not a world peace. Yes. I'm, I'm about to destroy the goblins. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah? Uh, if I had a request for a feature for Dwarf Fortress, it would be whenever you're looking at the character sheet for your dwarf, that's what I'm calling that information thing with all the, mm-hmm. you know, two, four, six, eight, ten, ten tabs or whatever. I would like to have a arrow that lets you click one button to scan to the next dwarf in the list. So you don't have to go back to the full yes. list of your dwarves. That's good. I want, I would just like to sit there and click, read about that one, click, read about that one. Oh, that's interesting. Click, read about the yeah. next one and so on. That'd be great. Yeah. And that kind of management stuff would be really cool. Like when you're assigning dwarves to squads, it'd be really, really, really cool to have something where you could organize them by their skills uh because otherwise it's oh really very very time consuming to have to scroll through the whole thing huh if you could just be like show me swordsman i think there was a little utility called dwarf therapist that did that very well huh you guys in your dwarf um and you know what (laughs) no that's that was great for about it yeah yeah no it it was great well i don't know because you could put them in squads could you could you can you put people in squads with therapists absolutely you can you you could actually yes it was a little bit complicated you can sort them by their by their martial skills what's that roland it was a little bit complicated in my opinion Mm -hmm. but you could definitely sort them by skills of fighting or i actually had a customized tab armor wearing yeah i i had a full customized tab in dwarf therapist where it sorted people with uh different characteristics so I could not see who had the best military skills, but who had the best military mindset, which I found to be much mm-hmm. more important. And now that's that on there too, yeah. Is, is, is still possible. You see it when you click on the dwarf, yes. But mm-hmm. it's more a clickety-clack. Yep. If I, wanted to, uh, if I wanted to sort all of the dwarves first by uh, their skill with a hammer and then by their leadership abilities... That was quite possible. First, you click the hammer yeah. sort, then you click the leadership abilities, true, true. and it would be like like with Excel. the The secondary sort is the previous uh, thing you sorted on. Mm-hmm. So, yep and i I am looking forward to dwarf uh, dwarf therapist uh, being fully compatible with version uh, uh, version fifty dot x. Yep. Huzzah! Kudos to okay. I. Sad that I don't have the name in front of me now. The the person or persons who are working on Dwarf Therapist, but I would love to see. I celebrate uh, you, Legends again. That's one of my uh, Legends, Legendary, or any of those things because I really do miss being able to easily jump in and have a look at that stuff. Attention, citizens of the City of Control Relics. I implore you to listen to this urgent message from Lucas, head of the Control Relics Guard. The Department of Dwarven Safety is deeply concerned about the recent increase in theft of valuable artifacts from our fortress. We cannot let these criminal acts go unpunished. The culprits will be found and will face the consequences of their actions. 
We urge all residents to stay alert and report any suspicious activity to the guard. Let us join forces to safeguard our precious relics and uphold the security and prosperity of our esteemed fortress. Thank you for your cooperation. Lucas out. If I had one utility that I want, it would be a very simplistic one, but I would want, if I click on a dwarf and I see her character sheet, I want um, a happiness smiley that tells me this dwarf has this or that mood because we used to have those arrows. We do not have those arrows. And now sometimes they get moodles, which kind of work like arrows, but um, they tell a lot more than the arrows back in the day. They, they can even tell me, oh, this person is really drunk. This person had a happy thought and stuff like that. But I would like to have, uh, because if you sort them in the big list, you do see the happiness smiley. You can even sort right. by mm -hmm. uh, least or most happy. Um, but now the logical next step would simply putting that happiness smiley that is already put behind each single name on the character sheet. Again, we do have enough space to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Then you could actually click on a person and instantly see, oh, how happy are you? Well, we'll submit this episode to Putnam and... Yeah, we'll just put this in. <laughs> we hold quite sway. Quite we'll a just lot of attach sway. this... We'll attach this MP3 to a bug report or a future yeah. request, and <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome. No, I, I agree with you. That would that'd be really cool. And I also would like to have you. I think that it was Nick Rust. It may have been Blind and Tekken, but but someone was on here talking about previous versions of Dwarf Fortress. That big red arrow lets you know as they're walking by that they're hacked off. I can have 150 complaints, but I love the game. So don't I, consider the griping and complaining to be a, a diss because it's the most awesome game ever made. Comes from a, it comes from a place of caring. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anything else anyone want to go over in today's episode? Only, only the notice that I managed to make amazing platinum goblets of all the same quality, and I'm very happy about it. It was a little bit of hassle. But oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was was that you who said that the way to make your dwarves happy when drinking is to give them metal goblets? Yes, and I managed to get every single goblet is around one thousand eight hundred something in, uh, like. Dwarf bucks. Dwarf bucks, exactly, in value. Um, <laughs> so it's all masterful platinum goblets. There's nothing less than masterful. I smelted everything else away, and then I embellished every single goblet with both bones and brass and wow. jewels. Wow. So that was a little bit of a hassle to go through because I actually had to link stockpiles here and there and blah, 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 and to make sure that they only encrust the masterful goblets while the old goblets that are not masterful are currently smelted back. Uh, but it worked. I have around 60 goblets, masterful, amazing quality, and every single person that picks it up is like, wow, oof, that is a nice goblet. I'm happy and about there it. are some expensive beer cups you got there, mister. Yeah, and they're all, uh, how you say, um, kind of the same because I managed to actually find a lot of the same jewels. I have the same bones and the same metal and then the same metal studding. So they're all very not unique, and I like that. If, do you make them out of native platinum, or do you uh, actually smelt the platin the, the native platinum into bars and then yep. make the goblets out of the bars? Uh, the pure metal bars, yep. Okay. Because you can also make a valuable cup out of uh, the – I know you can do it with silver nuggets, mm -hmm. gold nuggets, and platinum nuggets. Yep. And they, they treat them more like – I think they're can still considered stone, though. Yep, they're still considered on, stone. metals. But, you but there can, was a lot. Yes, yes. But you can squeeze like a few percentages out of it if you make metal. So I did that. Also, I like the idea of having a 
like full-sized actual thick metal platinum goblet like pure plat platinum is heavy you you can barely lift that thing it's massive it's thick and it's like breaking your goddamn hands when you try to lift it i love that does it slow your dwarves down whenever they're trying to to carry it around or have you noted <laughs> well uh good thing they're not carrying it around too much because you know i have drinks in my tavern yeah. they only have goblets in my tavern they don't I don't have goblets anywhere else, so that means they have to stand right next to the drink bell, and that works better. But yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, yeah, it it helps. It helps. It also makes the distance between, um, like, thirsty dwarf and the barrel that they're gonna drink out of uh, slightly shorter. Um, but they're not weighed down by too much. But you could see that while they were hauling, they were slightly slower than normal. Hey, I got one last thing I'd like to bring up. Um, I had a necromancer in my fortress, and this necromancer—I'm pretty sure it was a, uh, a migrant—but he got killed, and I was a little surprised. I didn't, for some reason, I was thinking that necromancers were immortal. I guess they can be immortal, but get their heads chopped off. Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about like Wolverine immortality, where they just get stabbed and they like okay uh, now. Um, it's more of a, a skeleton in a dungeon situation where the skeleton is technically dead, but if you bonk it really hard, it dies again and then kind of stays dead. So, so I was sad, and although uh, I should, I guess I should be happy that that necromancer didn't make zombies out of stuff in my fortress. So. Tony. Anything to add? I don't think so. I think I've said what I thought needed saying, and now I need to go and play a little bit more of the game and get <laughs> back in. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were going to say go back to work. So, oh, I, so I yeah. suppose I could do that. It's a work day, isn't it? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll wrap things up here. Thanks again, guys, for uh, for changing your schedule to uh, to match mine. Appreciate that. So, yeah, we will uh, catch everybody next time. Got some guests uh, that are going to be coming on, but uh, it was nice this time to just chat amongst the three of us. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, thanks for putting it together, and thanks for your guys' flexibility on a school day. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> school <All> day. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so everybody out there in Dwarf Fortress land, happy Fortressen, and we'll all catch you next time. Awesome. See ya. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Bay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at Patreon.com slash DFRoundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft swordship is of the highest quality.